You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond, Guild 9 Gaming Podcast, covering board games to war games and beyond. And welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. It's been a little while, but I'm here with my main man, Dan. Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry I missed last week. Well, that's okay. We missed last week, too. Oh, I thought you guys recorded. No, we did not. We did not. So it's been uh, a it's been a dearth of recording for us, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Jason's out of town today, so he is not joining us. Um, but you know what? We'll probably catch him next week when you, Dan, will be out of town as well. I'll be out of town, so we, yeah. we're, you're just rotating between me and Jay. Yep. Well, that's why we have three of us. <laughs> <laughs> you are replaceable. <laughs> Oh, well, it's been a while. I've got about a billion Geek Week things, but I've narrowed it down to the few that I want to talk about. But let's hear about your Geek Week first, my friend. Okay, so Battle Table update. So many of you will remember I used to have um, gator-pressed cowhide Italian leather. Yes. And when I ordered the piece, I learned about ordering sides of leather where you don't need to, let me just say it this way, order double what you think you need. Um, right. Especially if you need to cover a large area, square, you know, square footage wise. And so, octagon. An octagon. And mine fit, it just required one seam down the middle. I'm like, that's a pretty decent compromise. One seam down the middle, everybody will look at it and go, wow, there's a seam. But who cares? It, it was Italian leather. But I put down the wrong glue. And after about two days, the whole thing started bubbling up like it had boils. Um, And it was gross. And it was weird. And they're like, okay, we'll drill underneath it and try to extract the air. I tried tried a bunch of different stuff. Nothing worked. So what I did do is I cut it it into eight slices because an octagon has eight sides. There's like eight slices to the pizza. Yep. Pulling it up and gluing it back down with the real glue. Well, guess what? It didn't go down the same way it came up. Yeah. Because the glue like pulls it, stretches the leather. And so yeah. I never got all those seams to line it perfectly. And it broke my heart. Yeah, definitely. But, and, and then I tried, the, some of the seams were overlapping and I tried to like, you know, like scrape them down, you know, or, or cut them down with exacto blades and it made it worse. It just you made know what it worse, the worst, worse, worse. You know what the worst part of all of this is? Is like your friends may come over and really not care about it they're like oh this is cool but you notice it every day like it's like a thumb sticking and you work next to this so every time you get up and go to the bathroom (laughs) and turn around you look at that and it's mocking you yeah it's just saying look remember how you didn't you wanted to cut this corner and you cut two corners and those two corners multiplied against each other and it's like eight corners you had eight eight corners dice eight-sided table (laughs) yep it was uh it was cubed it wasn't it, even, you know. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was the power of four. Um, it was messed up. So anyway, um, I wanted to put down something on top of it. And so I found this really th- kind of great vinyl red and black gator uh, print on Etsy. Okay. And it was Ooh. way closer to being dragon than gator. Because yeah. the thickness, and I think it was taken from a, a pressing of, of, of an organic alligator, which oh. was great. And the top side of an alligator, which is great, because the, bo- the top side has all those great ridges and everything. Yep, yep. But then, of course, it's it's put into a dye, and they you know roll, roll um, uh, vinyl out with it. 
And anyway, yeah. it it was the exact perfect color of my table. It had the red and black accents. And so I was like, man, I should get around to doing this. Well, my birthday was a few weeks ago and my one of my gaming groups got together and bought me three yard, three uh, a couple yards of it. That's really nice. And it was great. So I cut it and put it over it. But the problem with it is is because it was so much more rumply and had so much more texture, throwing a dot, you're just going to get a cock die every yep. time you you every time. Every time. There's no way not to get a cock die, but the texture and the, the way it caught the light was gorgeous. So I went and got a piece of plexiglass from the yep. Orange Big Box Center. It had a it was a fifty dollar piece of plexiglass and okay. it was because I needed it because I had to cover yeah. a lot of space. And it had a crack in it, so they took twenty percent off. That was good. So it was really only thirty five ish, you know, plexiglass. I was finally able to cut it. So I just I I, I made out a paper um uh, pattern like you would making clothes uh-huh. um, because not all the angles are a perfect octagon, which we've discussed in the past. I was able to cut the leather. Then I spent a lot of time cutting the plexiglass. So you get one time to cut it because if you cut a cut plexiglass wrong and you crack it, you're out your 50 bucks, 35 bucks, yep. whatever. Yep. So I was able to do it on the first time, was able to sand down the corners and then drop it, drop the vinyl on top of the leather. Yep, and then drop the plexiglass on top, and it has a really gorgeous kind of mirroring effect. Really picks up the LED lights around you the know, edge of you the, showed, the table. You know, you showed a picture in our chat, and um, first off, I love the idea of the plexiglass over the leather because um, your minis are going to stand up, your yep. your your dice are going to roll right, yep. your cards are going to be there. You know what I mean? Everything's going to lay flat, but you still have the great texture underneath that gives that visual um, stuff. And what's kind of cool is that, uh, you like you said, the mirroring effect, the lights that you have for the LEDs are tucked up underneath the, the, yep. ridge, the ridge of the table, so you normally don't see them, but now that they're reflecting off of it, it's actually brighter down there. It Which is, is kind of nice. It's kind of nice. It is. And see, people sometimes don't want the LED lights in their eyes, but it is just bouncing off clear plastic, and that behind the clear plastic is is the vinyl. So it's not right. not a mirror. It's not a mirror bounce off. But um, all of the direct LED lighting things I was trying to work on, none of them ever really did the trick as far as I wanted it to do. So uh, there's still a little bit of LED stuff. I can always just turn them off if somebody's annoyed. Um, it's true, but I think it looks good. You know, I'm, I like it. I'm crazy pleased with it. Haven't got a chance to plant. Here's the, here's the downside though. So I put this lip around the edge to yeah. help shade some of the bright LEDs. So they wouldn't get in your eyes directly. Yeah. Well, the the width, the the diameter of the plexiglass is greater than the diameter of the oh. circular lip. <laughs> So I had this moment where I had to wrestle the plexiglass into place without cracking ooh, it, ooh, without cracking that's a, it. That's a pucker factor right there. Yes, but I got yeah. it in there. I got it in. And so I, it was a cut once, drop once thing. And there was no room for a lot of error without spending a lot of time and money again. Yeah. It was an easy project. I cranked it out in a few hours, um, but still it was a one, it was a one shot. And it worked, and now it's there, and now and now, looks now, great. now I thought if I ever move this table, oh no, what if the plexiglass falls off, and what if the vinyl moves? I'm like, eh, I'm not so worried about that now. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, step one, move the table. Step one, right? <laughs> exactly. That plexiglass does not want to. The it will break the edge of the lip actually before it it it, it yeah. wants to come out. So it's pretty permanent. Yeah. But whatever, That's great. it's fun and. Uh, 
still going to try to avoid getting spills when I don't. Well, at least it's plastic on plastic on leather. So if there's spills, it'll take a long time for it to yeah. wreck the table. Yeah. So that was that was a big Geek Week thing. And now I feel like that part that had always kind of bothered me doesn't bother me anymore. It's actually kind of like a more of a an exciting thing now. So, yeah. Uh, I didn't have to explain it every time I showed somebody the table. Yeah. Uh, at and this, now you uh, won't either. Now I don't. I can just say, yeah, well, look, you know, and, and, and I can say it's it's real leather because there's real yeah. leather. I use that leather in other places on the table and, and it's there. It's just hidden. <laughs> right, right. It's just hidden by the vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, the uh, uh, I so I had this soiree instead of doing the regular third Saturday RPG session. We started earlier after lunch and we played HeroScape. For my birthday, oh, so we cool. did. We did like a, a kind of a. Let's see. We started at two ish and ended at midnight. So we did a ten hour game day with a lot of food okay. and and stuff. So uh, Sean brought. He's invested a lot into HeroScape this summer when he went out west, and uh, we got to set up inside the battle table, a pretty cool ter- set of terrain, and um, I had five players come and we we played uh, HeroScape, which is fun. It's a fun game. It it is a game that doesn't ask you to take it too serious. It's like, hey, you like putting together terrain. You like cool looking minis. You like rolling dice. Let's just do this and not overcomplicate. Right, right. So uh, as far and 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 yeah, it's that that's a that's a gamer game that you used to be able to buy at Toys R Us, right? Yep. When we had Toys R Us's, so. Um, I like the 3D terrain. I wish it clicked a little bit better, kind of like Legos do. But other than that, it was fine. It was good stuff. Um, cool. I also I also got an Easy Roller Dice tray. Now, I don't know if you remember uh, our Catacon adventure. Easy Roller Dice came to, they set up a booth at a Catacon, and they had gorgeous dice trays. Gorgeous, yes. gorgeous yes. dice trays. Yes, definitely. Yep, I remember that. And they metal were really dice. nice. And they have, wow. all, they have all kinds of dice accoutrement, and I'm not going to plug them. I'm, we're not getting money from Easy Roller Dice. But um, I, I, I've always been a big fan of their stuff, and so the guys got, got me an Easy Roller Dice tray that matched the, my battle table. Octagon shape, you know, red yeah. velvet, black leather. It was kind of a really nice fit. And, uh, and our other buddy Nick hit his uh, large toy, like his rooms and rooms in his house filled with Star Wars toys, and he... He got me the, you know, the three and a half inch scale ATST, oh, the black that's series cool. one. So it, it was in my basement. My son just loomed around it and said, when are we opening this? It's gone straight into his room. It hasn't come out. <laughs> <laughs> so we definitely, it is not minted box anymore. Let me just say that. <laughs> so that's with some geeky that's stuff. Awesome. I know it wasn't two things, but there a lot of, it was all interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you had some uh, some good geek weeks, specifically uh, surrounding your birthday. Yes, that's a great way to cash so. in on the geek. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, very good, very good. So, uh, I have been a busy bumblebee in lots of life stuff, but I've had uh, uh, a bunch of geek week type stuff that's gone on. Uh, the first I want to mention, I talked with you about this earlier, was watching Squid Game. I'm down Squid to the last Game. episode. Okay. Gotta, gotta watch the last episode. And, um, you know, it's interesting. Um, like, you know, it's got a rap for being violent. Yes, it's violent. It's gotta be, got a rap for being a little cutthroat. Well, that's kind of the nature of the game, right? Because it's about a group of people that, um, that are down on their luck and they are basically kind of invited to come and play 
this game without really knowing all the details, of course, right? Whoops. And, uh, and uh, you know, they come and play and they try to win a ton of money, um, which is funny because it's, uh, it's like 44 billion, like, yen. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of money. You do the math, it's like $150,000 or something like that. Like, it's really like, I mean, it might be just over a million, maybe, maybe, maybe. you know. But, like, people are dying for this, you know. And you're like, okay, like, you know. I get to go home? I don't know. I'm sitting here thinking, like, uh, I don't know if that's really worth that much money. Like, Mm. if it were a billion dollars U.S. everybody supposed to be, like, down on their luck and, like. Yeah, so the people who, like, organize the game, like, they try to find the people who um, are exploitable, who are vulnerable, right? So people who have gambling debts, people who have, like, uh, warrants out for their arrest, people who have, you know, like, basically people who have things going on in their lives that could solve their problems with a lot of money. With money, yeah. You know, and this is kind of their last resort. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting show. Um, I think it does a pretty good job of kind of exploring like human psyche a little bit of like what, you know, like what does it mean to really be a human, even in terrible situations? I saw a comparison about like how, um, you know, it was a commentary on capitalism versus communism and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's not though. Like as much as like, I think that they, this is one of those times where I'm like, listen, there are politics injected in everything that we see at this point. You know what I mean? Like, there's always some, like, political agenda, it seems like, and everything. But I'm like, this is one of those shows where if you're finding a political man, you're, or a political bent, you're looking for boogeymen. Well, you know? and you're probably trying to write an article about a TV show that's very violent and trying yeah. to make it be good, make it a right. substantive argument by saying, yep. by doing kind of the ninth grade English teacher paper. Ex- Totally, totally that. And, you know, I mean, the interesting thing is that, like, you could you could maybe make an argument about based on class system because it's these really rich people that are, like, basically putting these people in these games and betting on them, you know, um, who's going to win. And, you know, so you could, I guess, make an argument about, like, okay, well, there's these really rich class of people that get to do whatever they want, and there's these poor yeah. people, you know, but when you learn about a lot of the people's backgrounds, not all of them are poor, right? There's actually some wealthy people that made some bad decisions, right? So maybe now they're poor, but they didn't come from a poor background. They're just down on their luck or, you know, made some bad decisions. They're vulnerable to the entrappings of of the game. You know what I mean? Is that a show out of Korea or out of Japan? It's out of Korea. Yeah. So Net- Netflix yeah, believes I should be so into it. Netflix is pissed off I haven't started watching. <laughs> They're like, you know, you need to watch Squid Game now, don't you? And I'm like, well, it's kind of not my jam. You should know my jam. You've reverse engineered my brain. You know what I like. They're like, no, no, you don't understand. You need to like this. And I'm like, ah, it's not my jam. So the funny thing is, is I, I think um, it's been like the number one show for like 23 straight weeks or something like that. You know, for like a long time, um, it was the number one show, and um, and it's like been in, it's going to be in the top ten probably for like a full year. You know, when it's all said and done, which will smash records. In fact, I think I read somewhere that it is single-handedly Netflix's most like profitable show and most watched show like ever. 
Um, and so I think because you haven't watched it, they're like, 97% of the people have watched this, Dan. Why aren't you watching this? Yeah, what is, what's the matter with you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so. I'm kind of at a point in my life that I don't want to be stressed out by entertainment. Fair enough. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for adrenaline in that way. If I have time to entertain myself, I need to unplug my, my brain. And yeah, lower my yeah. lower my uh, heart rate. I gotcha. I gotcha. So that's, that's why I'm not into it. All right. Oh, well, I, for, speaking... I forgot to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm gonna jump back to my geek week real quick. I forgot to mention that our good buddy Jim printed me a whole ton of bespoke Star Wars terrain. Yes. You know, I was talking about terrain in our previous uh, yep. podcast and how I wanted to get into 3D printing. I just wanted to give a shout out to Jim on the podcast because he so, made gorgeous terrain for me, and I and he painted it. I know he painted it. He painted most of it at my house. What a great guy. I know. We had a painting party uh, a couple of weeks ago. I know. And he came over and painted it there. And we just had a great time just sitting around chatting about stuff and painting minis. I'm glad I, I didn't show up. It would have spoiled the surprise. <laughs> he probably would have just been like, oh, yeah, I'm just painting this. And then you still would have been surprised. Like, that was for me? <laughs> that was you know? for me? That's a handmade <laughs> present. Slash yeah. 3D printed. So sorry. It's good. It's I, a nice I, I saw that in the notes and I was like, oh no, I forgot to shout out Jim. So I'm interrupting <laughs> your geek. It's now okay. I, it's now okay. I am un, now I am stepping back from from my interruption. I interrupt you so often that it's it's fair play at this point. <laughs> touche, sir. Touche. So uh, speaking of entertainment, um, I went and saw Dune this last weekend. Oh baby. Let me tell you, that movie is amazing. Like yeah. absolutely amazing, and um, a lot of these sci-fi like adapted from books, um, you know, movies that are out there. Um, you watch them and you're like, okay, that was good. I enjoyed it. Like I had a great time. Like you know, I thought the acting was good. The story was fun. Like yada yada yada. Like this one has been sticking with me. Like where I'm just <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because you're like. I mean, the book is pretty in depth, and you're like, oh wow, like that. I, you know, I'll think about certain parts of the movie, books and plural. just being like, yeah, exactly. Um, I, you know, I'll think about a certain part of the movie, and I'm like, oh wow, like they did such a good job with that. And in fact, um, I sh- I saw a thing on YouTube today. It was um, Dennis uh, Villeneuve, who um, is a director. He was breaking down a scene that um, it's when the um, the uh, Truth Watcher, the the Bene Gesserit sister, mm-hmm, like the mm-hmm, high sister, mm-hmm. she tests uh, Paul Atreides, mm-hmm. right, and puts his hand in the box and gives him pain, mm-hmm. and she's got like the needle to his neck, you know. It's called the um, yeah, uh, gum stabber, something I, like I'm, that. I'm, I'm, anyway, yeah, I, f- I forgot it. I should have. I uh, should know that. I'm losing my geek cred card. Yeah, but um, but he breaks down that scene, and you're like, this man, this director, loves Dune more than I do. And I love <laughs> Dune, but he loves it way more than I do. Yeah. And you can feel it in the movie. Like, you can yeah. feel it. Like, this is a passion project. This is not, they just yeah. hired some director to come make this movie. And when you watch it, like, the acting is phenomenal the story is phenomenal the sound is phenomenal the visuals are incredible and and i was gonna watch it at my house because it streams on hbo max right and i so i could mm-hmm. stream it right now and go watch it but i told lauren i said we are going to the theater to see this one and we went into yeah. the dobe atmos 
uh, theater. And let me tell you, it was so worth it. And Uh. I loved it. And I want to go see it again. And I cannot wait for the next one to come out. Like, just, again, top to bottom, it was so good. They did such a good job with it. Because, I mean, how many Dune movies have flopped over the years? Well, you know, there's there too was many one, series and like two movies, a, right? A film that never got made that was so crazy trippy. There's a documentary about the version that was never made in the 60s. <laughs> uh, and the art for that is out of control. And it launched like Alien, right? There's all these other yeah. things that sprang from it. Oh, then, that's of course, too funny. There, was the, there was the 80s version, which as yeah. a kid I thought was amazing. It got me into the universe. And then in the early 2000s, there was the two miniseries, which. Right took you through deeper into the story and you know they had eight or nine hours to tell two or yeah. three of the books and that was amazeballs and i and i liked it because it really sucked me in i haven't seen the movie yet i feel terrible it kind of see it's funny because i read the books and i tried to watch like the 80s movie and i'm like this is unwatchable yeah you know you just have to kind of watch the f- i think you you have like, to even when you that tr- film as kind of a think about how difficult it would be to make a film about this. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. it's, it's like a problem solve. Oh, I can see why the director made that choice. Well, I was going to say, you know, sometimes with these kinds of movies, you have to squint to be yeah. able to, like, oh, okay, I, I can see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I struggled. I struggled with the miniseries. I, I you know, David, uh, David Fincher. Yeah. did the miniseries yeah and yeah you know i, I mean like you're the like miniseries just because i didn't know the re- i didn't read the books and i wanted yeah to plot. so i struggled I got with more plot yeah. i struggled with the miniseries because i'm like there's just so many missed opportunities there you know what i mean like and they were and low budget i know i know i know don't give me don't get me wrong i understand yeah all of that has been like washed. The sins of the washed past away. have been washed away <laughs> with this movie. Stop thinking about the old version. There's a new I one. I know. Well, I mean, at this point, you're like, you can't even think about it because the amazing movie is in front of you. And you're sitting here going like, they did such a good job of taking this global imperial conflict that's happening between these houses you know, these galactic houses yeah. and the galactic emperor, you know, that is happening, who, whom you never see. You never see the emperor, of course, right? right. Um, but there's this just conflict that's happening that's kind of a cold war, you know, that's brewing. And it, all of a sudden it all plays out on this one localized planet. And you feel the weight of the galactic political maneuverings happening like pinpoint focused on this one planet and that is the beauty of that movie because that is how the book played it do you know what i mean like the book played it to where like this planet is so important that we're going to tell its story and you're going to feel the weight of the galaxy basically pressing down on it because that's what's happening you know and um it's it's so good the acting was amazing poe the guy who played poe dameron is um the duke atreides like yeah, Paul's yeah, father, yeah, you know, yeah, he great. did a great job in that. You've got, um, oh, what's her name? Rebecca. Uh, I forget her last name, but she she's the mother. She's Jessica Atreides, uh-huh. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she played in like some Mission Impossible stuff and and some other um, some other things. And the, she the was really thing, really good. How did Zendaya do? Because she takes me out of whatever she's in. 
She like did a... really good. I, but she was only really in the movie for like five minutes. Um, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. She's just because, trying to get a certain age group to show up. Well, no. I mean, like, you had her, like, visions of her happening because he's having his dreams, right? Yeah, and that's in the book. Like, he has his dreams of her. And so you have visions of her, and then they finally meet up with the Fremen later on, and um, and that's where she is. She's with that group of Fremen, and... She, I thought she did really good. She, I think that she's right. going to pull her weight in this movie. And I got to say, Timothy Chalamet, who plays Paul, did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got a bright future, that kid. So I'm, I'm really excited to see, to see the next part. So I think, I think this weekend I'm going to end up, our, your, yours and I, uh, my gaming session got canceled from this Friday. Just because uh, people got family aggro that happened to them, yeah. and uh, and so I may end up watching Dune again this time at home. But so my you know. my spouse and I had scheduled uh, an Alamo Draft House Wednesday night movie date for no reason, except for Labyrinth was playing. Like they're putting Labyrinth on the big <laughs> screen, and so we're like, "Well, we got to see that." She's like, "Yeah, I'd yeah. love to see that. That should be great." And so I was like, you know, Dune came out. She's like, so are you going to move your tickets to Dune or are we watching Labyrinth? And I, and I was, after oh. this conversation, I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're going to move them to Dude, to you Dune. should see Dune. I, as much as I love Labyrinth, like, you got to see well, Dune. It's, it's kind so of, good. It's kind of like a nostalgia thing. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because when we were kids, it was all big screen, you know, for those. We all got to see it big screen when it yep. first came out. And, you know, it's, it's Henson and, and, you know, it's got a lot of detail. It's detail rich and, and it's yeah. got David Bowie singing, but I think I might end up putting uh, going to go see a new movie. Do you think it's uh, for a spouse who's kind of so, so on sci-fi, uh, uh, should I go to Labyrinth instead? Um, I'm asking, so, I need to know this. This is like a tonight decision I need to make. So the movie is phenomenal. Like it's mm-hmm. really good. Um, it's a little bit of a slow burn because there's asleep. a lot of things. She well, falls asleep. So does she? A lot. So Lauren movies. had some long. My wife had some long blinks during it. But we also went inside at 9:45 p.m. Okay. So, um, but like I don't know, dude. It's really good. Like it's really good. Yeah, I might only be. I might just enjoy it by. Well, never mind. We'll talk more about it later. Yeah. Let's not talk about yeah. this. Let's start. Let's get back to our show. Yeah. So the last thing, the last thing, you know, after my love from Dune, um, last week I was able to get with Lincoln, um, you know, who's been on the show here, and I played my first game of a- Age of Sigmar 3.0, which is like basically the, you know, uh-huh. third uh, rule set that's kind of been updated and, right. and stuff. The refresh. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, and it was um, – it was great. It was fin- f- phenomenal. Like this is by far the best version of Age of Sigmar that has come out. Great. Um, yeah, a lot of dynamic stuff going on. Um, they updated a lot of things where, like, if it's your turn, I get to do things in your turn. So I'm engaged mm-hmm. throughout, right? So it it kind of had Age of Sigmar didn't have a, not quite the Axis and Allies problem. That's what I like to call it, right? Yeah, Where yeah, it's yeah. like your turn and you just like piddle on your phone while they they do everything. Mm-hmm. It kind of had that a little bit, you know, where it's like, okay, well now they're gonna move their pieces and now they're gonna roll a bunch of dice and the maybe one, you roll yeah. a couple of dice. And, yeah, the old one, and then they're gonna move their pieces again and they're gonna do this again and th- then maybe you roll a little bit of dice. Okay, now it's your turn and you get to do all those things 
Now it's like, um, I think I'm going to make my guy go do this too during your turn because I can do that, you know? And so they, it's much more of a give and take. There's much more strategy that happens. It's, mm. it's more complicated, but more simplified at the same time. It, it's, a, it's, it's hard. Like a lot of the rules have been simplified in my opinion, but the strategy is more complicated, which is, um, which separates good players from bad players. I think a lot faster you know what i mean so like uh, you can tell like who's a good player and not just a bad player with a good army if that makes sense oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know because yeah, yeah. like sometimes there's armies out there or, or lists that um you could have a, a monkey pilot them and they would still win games you know what i mean yeah. we used to call um, that net decking you go on the net you get your yep, list yep yep yeah okay. net list, i, I was one of those list. i was one of those yeah. so i was a poor player with with a with a bleeding list and angered a lot of veteran players who I beat. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, the thing is, is like you, you have to plan for some of the net lists out there. You know what's in the meta if you're if you're a mm-hmm. semi-decent player. You know, you, you kind of figure that out. But now, because of the strategies that are involved, even if you have a good list, that does not mean you're going to win games. Yeah. Yeah. And because I think it's that's a better fantastic. design game now. Yep. Yep. So I loved it. I want to play another game. Um, I got to get Jason over it because he hasn't played 3.0 yet. And so nice. um, we got to get together and play that. But that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Yep. you can always invite me too. Do you want to play some Age of Sigmar? Yeah. Well, you, I'll, I'll, you, I'll go over to your place and play Age of Sigmar. You come over here and play X-Wing or Armada or something. Oh, there you go. Okay. So All right. We'll, t- we'll, 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 we'll toss the ball back and forth. Yeah, very good, very good. All right, well, that's my Geek Week. I, we, we spent a little bit of time on Geek Week, but it's been wow. a while. So. Even without Jay. I know, right? Go figure. <laughs> He's going to be like, guys, you guys talk too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we've got we've got a few that will tell us that we went too long. That's okay. That's true. That's true. All right, I think we're on to our news, my friend. All right, all right. Yep, I think we're on to our news. Welcome to Tabletop and Beyond News. Very good. Very nice. That does not feel that. that does not feel Mickey Mouse at all. It doesn't? No. No. Even though I just put my cell phone up to the microphone. <laughs> You're not supposed to give away trade secrets. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is put together with scotch tape and bailing wire. All right, here we go. This is fun. Paizo voluntarily recognized the United Paizo Workers Union. The announcement ah, the, came the good old workers from... of UPW 57. <laughs> yeah, I've been certified by uh, UPW 57. I got certified in uh, I got certified in developing NPC players, and I'm certified certified in uh, in writing adventures. Do you think that they have like brother union organizations like the Piano Movers, and you know, like? <laughs> you you go into work and there's like a bunch of nerds standing there going, "Have you joined the union yet? We're gonna nerd hit you if you haven't joined the union yet." Don't nerd oh, hit that's me. funny. Sorry, we're gonna make we're making fun of everybody tonight. That's right. We're trying to lose as we we just lost thirty listeners just there. All of our union <laughs> listeners. All of, we just, all of our union listeners were like, "Screw you guys." <laughs> Power to the worker. Go Paizo. Oh, go Paizo Workers Union, not Paizo. That's right. Uh, the announcement came jointly from Paizo itself as a blog post as well as on the United Paizo Workers website. 
The announcement oh. came on came one week following the formation of the union and its request for recognition. So you put together a union depending on what state you, no matter what state you're in, you, you've got a Department of Labor issue you got to deal with, mm-hmm. um, with the uh, Labor Relations Board, and they'll, you know, you'll have federal people show up and say you tried to kill a union. Depends on what the state laws are, but I don't know where uh, Paizo is based out of. I didn't do that much research into the news story, but it's. Here's the problem. Games and gamers, we keep running into this kind of employer-employee problem because people do this work because they love it. And it is easy to abuse people who are doing work out of the goodness of their heart because it's their it's their life's passion. Yeah. You know, t- teachers fall into this all the time, you know. Um there's other 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 great um, other other great people that contribute to society that are doing it for love and not for economic reasons. But yeah. gaming, particular, you, you just spend a, a, you go to Gen Con two times, walk through a bunch of booths, and everybody in every booth is just passionate about gaming. So um, it's kind of easy to underpay people who are passionate. Um, so it's um, I, I I can see so, why they would want to unionize. So uh, they are located in Redmond, Washington. Okay, and that, that, knowing yeah, that coast, they yeah. are in, I was going to say, knowing that they're in Washington, this does not surprise me at all. Yeah, that they wanted to unionize. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't even know if Washington is a right to work state or not. I don't think it is. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That 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 would play into it because in some states, management can just say, "Well, you guys are all fired. <laughs> yeah. We'll right. just we'll just make a new company now." But. Um, what does that mean for gaming? It means that um, people who, you know, working in the gaming realm should be something that you're compensated for, not just fairly, but, you know, compensated in a way that, that helps support, you know, a quality of life. You know, you shouldn't yeah. have to be eating ramen and, and clipping every coupon from every insert in order to make ends meet. Um, and, so. and I mean, really, like when you look at a union in this in this industry right mm-hmm. um nobody's regulating how many pounds are going to be lifting you know yeah. nobody's going to be regulating like whether or not they have to wear hard hats in certain areas and things like that right like it is not a manufacturing type yeah. of place what they are looking at in my opinion is collective bargaining right so that yeah. they can get the health care or dental care that they want yeah. that they can have uh, accurate, you know, worker representation with management in case they've got grievances and things like that. So, I mean, I I, I understand where they're coming from, and it sounds like Paizo's cool with it. Yeah, because they kind of put it out, and they're like, "Yeah, they voluntarily," is what you said, right? Yeah, voluntarily. voluntarily. Yeah, they, they didn't so. need they didn't need the feds coming in arm twisting them. So that's right. Hey, you know what? People who get to work in, you know, we've talked about me jokingly working in the gaming industry before that's a running joke in our podcasts but i see the the appeal and i can't take the pay cut to go work in the gaming industry but i'm sure those folks need a a good standard need quality of life healthcare, all that good stuff so good for them yep uh, next news item, D&D Beyond released a free adventure, The White Dragon's Hunt, where the players take on the role of the dragons. Nice. The part- you know what this coincides with, right? Oh, c- continue, continue. Oh, oh yes. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, please do. Uh, so this coincides with the uh, release um, this week, actually I think two days ago, of the new Fizzband's Dragon book. Oh yeah, um, which that was is like be a how to play. I was read, yeah. Oh, see? <laughs> I knew it. Dang it! Dang it! 
I did it. All right, all right. Sorry, keep going. Keep going. I blew it. I stole your thunder. I did it. The party is the clutch of the white dragon, Corval Latel, who raised them in her lair. A rival crystal dragon, Rissalandra, decided to drive Corvar Latel and her children away to take over the region and has hired adventurers to steal three of Corvatel's eggs. The party of young white dragons must track down their sibling eggs and return them back home. This tie-in to Fisbin's treasury of dragons is a one-shot adventure meant to be completed in two to three hours by a party of three to four players. The hardcover release of Fizban's Treasure of Dragons is Tuesday, October 26th, okay, which so is very close. Or will have already happened weeks ago by the time we post this. Here is, here is what I would do with this. You ready? Yes. yes. I would put together a one-shot where the people make regular D&D characters and go steal three eggs. <laughs> And just at the point that they get to the eggs, I would then switch the game, and now they are dragons, and they gotta go recover the eggs, and they're gonna kill themselves. Yeah, yeah. Ma- I make, love it. make them all like level tens or something like that. Go, oh yep. man, what, and then yeah, I would max this guy up the wazoo. Oh yeah, exactly. I wrote a long backstory. You don't need a long backstory, trust me. You really don't. Yeah, and and then it's like, oh well, thank you for all that access. Can I have a magic item? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Can I have can I have plus twenty five AC armor? Yes, you can. Don't you think that's a little broken? No. You sure it's not broken? No, it's not broken. Okay. No, don't worry. I'll just I'll just up the care. I'll just up the enemies. (laughs) What I what I like about this is for Dungeons and Dragons, it's inverting the classic model, which is dragons are always the bad guys, and with Fizbins, you can take on you can be a dragon, not a dragon born. You can be right. a dragon as a player character. That alone is a reason that I'm interested in that book. Because, heck, I'd like to play a dragon. That would be Do, sweet. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but in D&D, can dragons shift into human form? I don't think so, but um, somebody's going to tell me I'm wrong. I mean, maybe that's in this new book. I don't know. Um, yeah. And... And I mean, like the Witcher, there's a great story in there with a dragon that takes on human form, right? And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot sure. of stories where the dragons can. I mean, they've got like some sometimes some elements of, you know, draconic heritage, like their eyes are a little bit different, or, or their nose looks a little different, or they you know have some scales on their elbows or something like that, mm. you know. Um, but yeah. they, otherwise, they look human. So yeah. I think that would be cool that you could do that and then turn into a dragon. Wow. So, wow, wow, wow. Anyway, we'll, well, see. we'll see. I just I just went on Amazon while we were talking and I'm it's in the it's in the wish list now. It may get in the nice. cart. It may be in the cart by the end of the evening. I, I don't know. Ha, um, I'm uh, I'm going to be ordering this book for my daughter for Christmas cuz she is all about dragons. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, and she plays great D&D. Idea. So, sure. um she's all she's all about it and um and I'm I was kind of half tempted to to also get it on D and D Beyond, just because it integrates so well with you know the mm. the stuff. The problem I have is it's like, can I buy a physical copy and use a one time code to unlock the digital book? No, please? no, no. Like, you gotta buy it twice. Ugh, buy it. That's tw- so ridiculous. Buying it twice is twice as nice. Yeah, because it ends up being like sixty dollars for like one supplement. Yeah, yeah I know. I, so I feel you. Kind of sucks. Kind of sucks. You. 
that's why I probably will get it, but like in like eight months from now, after I the sting of buying it the first time for my daughter has gone. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so all we have to do is go on the dark web and buy a uh, a login for D and D and Beyond that has all the books books unlocked. So there you go. Oh, just oh, go okay. to the dark web. Just just avoid all the illegal just, stuff. Yep, 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 and find the illegal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Onion browser. <laughs> Right, right, right. All right. I'm not suggesting that. That that was all in jest. <clears throat> Everyone. All in jest. That's, this is very, not financial I, advice. I've never used an onion browser. Okay. Third news item. This is a sad one. Virtual Tabletop, Astral Tabletop, announced it has ceased development as the founder has retired from the company. The oh. service partnered with One Bookshelf, the company behind DriveThruRPG, to allow users to purchase memberships through their storefront. The service made headlines early last year by being the first premium subscription virtual tabletop to offer subscription-level products for free during the first lockdowns of the COVID-19 pandemic. The service will remain live for the time being, who knows how long that is, and still offer subscription services at a reduced rate, with the gold support level dropping from Nine ninety nine a month to five ninety nine a month, and platinum support from fourteen ninety nine to nine ninety nine. Existing annual and prepaid subscribers will have their subscriptions converted to credits and applied toward the newer, lower priced monthly subscription model. Astral, hmm, Astral Tabletop is waning. That's what I was saying. Like this is not. Uh... They're scrambling right now. This is what it feels like, right? Even in the age of COVID, they couldn't make it work. Oh, that is pretty pricey per month for what you're what you're getting. Well, you they're competing I mean? against Roll Twenty for free. Yeah. I mean, ugh. Yeah, I, and roll, I mean, you can. I think there are some paid plans for Roll Twenty now. You know, sure. that come with some. Yeah. Some mods that are kind of included, but mm-hmm. um, eh, like, but the thing is, is you could also, you could also go onto um, uh, tabletop, uh, um, what is it? Tabletop, uh, what's the thing I'm thinking of? Simulator. Simulator. Thank you. Oh yeah. Gosh. On Steam. Tabletop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just yeah. go on Tabletop Simulator, set up your own stinking board, find some minis on there, mm-hmm. and push those around. I mean, like, they've got stuff out there that you could easily run an RPG on Tabletop Simulator with, like, terrain and all this other stuff, you know? So, um, and that's free once you yeah. pay for Tabletop Simulator, which is a one-time cost of, like, $20. Yeah. Yeah, instead of a really monthly of fifteen or nine ninety nine a month, yeah. even if you're getting something from Drive Through RPG, getting access to digital content, I I, I think getting things to pe- pencil out to make enough money for one person to have a salary is tough. And guess what? Yeah. Running a, a tabletop platform takes more than one full time equivalent. It takes more more than one. You get slot. you got a couple of developers that gotta do their thing and yeah. you got a salesperson or whatever. I mean t- like look, I paid sixty dollars a year for D and D beyond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like to build so it and the main reason I do that is so that everybody can build their stuff off of my content. Yeah. Right? Um but like 
and it's great. The integration's great. I have not, I've, you know, I, I willingly pay it because it has been so good. Um, but you break that down and that's $5 a month. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's $5 and compare a Compare that next to Hulu and everything else that's dinging you for five bucks a month. <laughs> yeah, right. You know. <laughs> and they're like, oh, put, pay 15 here. Okie dokie. Yeah, sure. it starts to add up real fast. So you got to say, look, um, Astral, we, we've been reporting on Astral since, it, since COVID. Yeah, yep. Has any of us in our group ever used it? And the answer is no, because not only are they competing against Roll20, they're also competing against Zoom and Google Meet and Teams and Skype and everything else that everybody's using. So yeah. the problem with RPGs is that they work in theater of the mind. They're also competing right. against theater of the mind. So I can see why that they're, they're I can see why they're struggling. Yep. Yep. Like we in in all the different COVID groups I ran, we all got away to got away from using maps. Yeah, I mean it just it gets too clunky, you know, yeah. online. Um, but you know you meet in person again, and all of a sudden the maps start to feel pretty cool. They come out. All right. Next piece of news, PAX Unplugged, the tabletop gaming convention in Philadelphia, announced the convention will reopen this December. Mm. The convention will require full vaccinations for attendance, and masks will be mandatory for all events, including cosplay events, enforced by the show's safety ambassadors. <laughs> so let me guess. These guys are wearing brown shirts with leather <laughs> straps over one shoulder. Stormtroopers, stormtroopers, stormtroopers. No, no, Star Wars stormtroopers. Oh, oh, yeah, stormtroopers. Yeah, not oh, no, not, 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 storm. not Nazi stormtroopers. <laughs> not not brown shirts. No, 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 not that kind. Different kind. Sir, we're we're doing this for your safety, sir. We're sir. here for. You. <laughs> this is this is this is not the vaccination you're looking for. Um, so, exhibitors announced to participate include our Talsorian Games, Gloomhaven publisher Cephalofair. And Root Creator Leader Games, PAX Unplugged, will take place from December 10th to 12th at, Pennsylvania, at the Pennsylvania Convention Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I'll tell you what, I've been to that venue, and it's great. You I've know, been I'm to multiple things at that venue. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of interested. It, it, it sounds like it would be a lot of fun. And listen, I really like Philadelphia. I do, too. And it's close I, to where we are. It is. Philadelphia is a cool city. And... um. I don't care what happens. If I were there every day, I would go to the reading terminal for lunch. It doesn't <laughs> you, matter you where totally we are. totally stole my... That's what I was going to say. You totally <laughs> read my mind and said that's my words tests. out loud. Okay, people. This terminal, this this terminal has been open for 150 years. Yeah. And they have amazing food there. Let me just say. You if, have, like, street signs to tell you, like, where different, like, foods oh, are, right? so good. So, so good. So good. You cannot stay in business and not be amazing because anybody can walk 10 paces and get a better get better food if yours is not great. So anyway, it's it's yeah. it's an it's a national treasure the reading terminal. It's the only reason when we go to Philly, did you guys go to Philly? And we're like, uh, if you're going to Reading Terminal, can you pick up some? Uh, yeah, <laughs> some you asked astronomy. us, but we had already left. We had already left. You know? Is there any so. way you could swing a U-turn and yeah. get us a pastrami from oh our Oh my gosh, Dolly? so good. That was a serious so request. That was not a <laughs> I know it was. Request. I know it was. And we, we considered it, but we're just like, we're not there. You know, so oh, I love that great. place so much. Yeah, but listen, Philadelphia, like a game, a gaming convention there, but it's not 
I don't, do you do a lot of gaming at the PAX convention, or is it just yeah. really vendors and stuff like that? Well, no, PAX has been very game-oriented. It used to be. Okay. It's, it's okay. It, Well, you know the PAX guys, Penny Arcade. Um, right. And uh, they've, man, they've turned that little webcomic into a major conglomerate empire. That is true. Um, with multiple conventions and, and multiple revenue streams. Those, those guys are out of control. I've always wanted to go to a PAX, and it's moved around the East Coast. I think it was in Boston for a while. Okay. and um, But Philly is philly in december close, you know we're kind of we're kind of suckers for uh for uh wintertime conventions because it's been so long usually we'd be like four months away from gen con going what when's the next con when are when are we going and, and now now we're how many months months and months after covid so it's anyway. true um that's oh man when was the last time we went to a convention we'll have to talk offline We'll have to talk yeah. offline because um, um, my my eyes are wandering at those dates. Going, I wonder what I'm doing. I wonder my calendar. Me too. Calendar. Me too. I I'm yeah. thinking like it's only a couple days. It's not so bad. It's a four hour um, drive, bro. Yeah, not even. Not even. Not even. Um, I think we made it there in like in three. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. So. Yeah, I was wrong. Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right, you've got the last All news right. item. All right, so uh, Warhammer Day is happening this Saturday, uh, October 30th. And um, it's a great day for Warhammer fans uh, because they usually make a lot of big announcements. These are the announcements that happen for the Christmas season. Ooh. Right? So, like, this is where they announce, like, big battle boxes, a bunch of new models. Um, two of the things that uh, – one they've already kind of pre-announced um, – is uh, the k- new Kill Team box that's coming out. Mm. Um, I got the Octarius one. Oh, you did. Um, which has the... The Gas uh, Mask I guys. Did. The Gas Mask guys, which are the uh, Death Corps Krieg and the Orcs. I have yet to crack it open just because I got a bunch of stuff on my table right now that I'm painting. Um, and $200 sitting it. on your shelf. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but uh, I, know, I know Jason's been eyeing this new Kill Team box because it's got Sisters of Battle and uh, Tau Empire, okay. which are two of his preferred 40K armies. Okay. And so, like, all of a sudden he gets that box. I have this box. We've got, uh, we've got a nice little Kill Team table going on. Easy, guys. So... I know, right? I mean, you Could guys are the fun. reasons I never buy this stuff. It's because, well, I can just <laughs> play with your stuff. Yeah, seriously. Um, the other cool thing that's coming out is they have uh, pre-announced uh, that there is a new Warcry. Um, I, I hesitate to call it an addition. It's not really an addition. It's a new Warcry starter box okay. is what it is. Um, and so you'll have two factions in there, probably some terrain. They haven't really announced what's in the box, but um, they gave us previews of two models. Um, one is this um, – so it's Red Harvest, and it's a it's a war band that is spider-themed. Okay, so cool. um, he they've got like eight arms and like a spider mask and nice. stuff like that. Yeah, and then um, there's a Dark Oath guy, and these guys are like uh, chaos barbarians, basically, right, with huge swords and mm-hmm, stuff like that. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. like evil Conan. Yeah. You know? Oh. So um, so full war band of those guys, and so they'll probably have these two war bands in there with a bunch of terrain and maybe some updated rules that you can play. Because um, they did the same thing with Catacombs. That Would that came be out a, about good, a, year ago. a good on-ramp for me to get into Warcry? Oh, I think it'd be a great on-ramp, yeah. yeah. Tell me yeah. What, tell me when I should buy it and who I should buy it from. Maybe we'll talk. Okay. We're going to have to have an after-meeting. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So moving to agenda yeah. item number four of the after meeting. How <laughs> right? is Dan going to get into work, right? So yeah, I'm excited about uh, I'm excited about that. It's going to be good. I think um, uh, I, I'm going to be glued to the uh, Twitch live stream on Saturday as they reveal a whole bunch of different stuff. So sweet. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's exciting. It's going to be very good. It's yeah, exciting. And they're definitely. making money hand over fist. This is the next golden age of <laughs> somebody. Of, uh, of yeah, of, of yeah, of, of tabletop wargaming. I think mm. I think we're we are definitely in a heyday of it, right? Mm. Um, somebody asked online. They're like, "So, uh, what is what? What does Games Workshop do for Black Friday?" <laughs> and everybody <laughs> just started laughing. They're just like, <laughs> you know what Games Workshop does? They laugh. <laughs> they laugh and take your money. That's what they do. They laugh and take your money. You've just paid three dollars for a little plastic man. If you don't want to pay MSRP, there's a guy. There's twenty people in line behind you who will. Exactly. And then when it sells out, there's twenty people behind them who will yeah. pay who will pay above MSRP. I mean, what's hilarious is like, and then, I mean, in theory, right? They'll do the they'll put together these what are called battle boxes, yep. right? Yeah. And so it'll like you take a bunch of different boxes that you would buy individually. And you add them up. If you were to add up all of those units individually, you probably end up saving like 20, 25%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, that's enough to but, get you going. But you just bought a crap ton of models. Like it was $200 worth of models, right? Like it's not <laughs> like you're like, oh, I just got 25% off of this little box that I needed. And I ended up buying a humongous box. You got to spend $250 to save 25 Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's a thing. So, good times. It's a thing in gaming. Sorry to say. Yep. Good times. All right, my friend. Uh, uh, that is the news. That's the news. Sweet. Yep. Boy, we've that's almost gone a whole hour. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, to be fair, our main topic of the night, which we'll get into right now, um, shouldn't take us too long to talk no, about, no, but no. I think it's important to talk about these things because yeah. I'm looking at my shelf right now. And it's very relevant. I'm literally looking at my models on my shelf. Yes. And the topic that we want to talk about today is when you've got a whole bunch of models, how do you store them? End game stuff that goes with the models. How do you store it? Yeah. What do you get? Yep, where, exactly. Where do you put your money? What's worth the money? What's paying too much? What's what's going to work? What's going to fail? We've got yep. some experience of our own, some good, some bad, some ugly and we're here to share our experience with you. Maybe you all have better ways of doing this than we did, and we accept that as probably the truth. So um, we're just going to bounce back and forth. How about I talk about one thing that I'm using or that I've used in the past, and you talk about one thing, and we'll go back and forth. That sounds great. All right. So my preface is, is I, w I have the woodworking skills to make bespoke wooden boxes for everything, and I don't. Yes. And I don't. I just don't. <laughs> And I know how to do it, and they'd be gorgeous and beautiful, and I just, and I know that I got beautiful, wonderful videos to copy online, guys who are literally making boxes for the games I literally play, and yeah. I still haven't done it, just because yeah. it's just, Saturdays are, are precious. But anyway, uh, I do have a bunch of little wooden boxes that are about four inches deep, and about uh, six inches long, and about yeah. Uh, maybe maybe eight inches long, six inches wide, and they're cheese boxes because a friend of ours has worked at this company for for years, and every year they give the same Christmas present out to their clients, which is these really like four beautiful Vermont cheeses wrapped in plastic, in this wooden box that has their logo on it, 
Well, she would always give us some leftover ones, and she figured out after a while that all I wanted was the boxes. The cheese was amazing. The cheese was delicious. However, yeah. I really wanted the boxes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I get a lot of utility out of those, and they get beat. I use them all the time. I've used pyrography to like burn the, the, the name of the thing that I put in the little box. But sometimes it, it, when you're looking around um, for what's a good fit for gaming, you sometimes it's just about creativity. It's like, oh, right. this person has no intersection with gaming at all, and this box was made for cheese. However, this is also perfect for tokens or for whatever I'm throwing in here. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I think um, I've got – so I need to preface this whole thing too by – it depends on what you're trying to store. That's well. true. Yes. Let's start right? there. Yeah. So I've got a bunch of um, Frost Haven um, minis that Burr. I had um, that I had picked up, right? And they're just like little plastic Marauders. I also have a couple of D and D minis. Mm-hmm. I've got a bunch of little scatter terrain, like little crates and yeah. a couple of, like 3D printed pillars and an altar and stuff like that. All of that stuff I throw into one of my old 3D printer spool boxes. It's probably spool about boxes. eight inches, eight inches by eight inches by like uh, you know three inches or something yeah. like that. And I literally just throw those in there, even if they're painted. Mm-hmm. I throw them in there, and they're cool to sit on my shelf because it's like I know that that box is my D and D box. Yeah. That if I'm using it, you know what I mean. Yeah, and yeah. I don't really care if they bounce into each other that much. Like I sprayed some enamel over them and. You know, they'll be fine, and even if they chip a little bit, who cares? I pull them out every now and then, and it's fine. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so I've got literally, like, three of those boxes that I'm looking at right now. Like, one's got scatter terrain, one's got, like, a bunch of minis, another one's got, like, a, a couple of other, um, uh, you know, if you're, if you're making a map type of stuff, you know? So, um yeah, that's that's where like if I've got cheapo stuff, I don't care if I throw them in a box. Mm-hmm. And as you were saying, don't ever underestimate the power of a good box. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If it looks I mean, sturdy, a good bo- it'll yeah. li- if it'll live for a while, it'll take a yeah. bit of a punishment. Take it seriously. Definitely. So, um I also have uh just in the spirit of this uh, an old, so I, my very first paint that I ever got, um, was this Reaper painting kit. Okay. Ooh, and it I came with like, um, it came with, uh, I don't know, something like 15 paints, a brush, um, some empty bottles, and it had this foam thing inside of it that you could put all of your little uh paint painter dropper bottles in there right oh nice well i got two of them one was the basic kit and one was the master kit right mm-hmm. and i'm like oh I, well i need these and then i eventually were like oh these paints actually aren't that good <laughs> and mm-hmm. i'm gonna use like you know gw paints and then i've even like kind of growing out of gw paints a little bit as i as i moved on yeah. uh the reaper paints are just they're okay you know what i mean right. like they'll do the job if you're doing a basic thing so i transferred all of the paints from one box into uh from the two boxes into one box and that became the reaper paint box well that left me with a empty plastic container yeah and this is this is one of the it looks like one of those um drill bit boxes you yes. know what i'm talking about yeah, where exactly it's like a, a, a black plastic thing that's got clasps that come down you can open yep. it up yep. um that's right what it looks like about. so i i mean i've got a bunch of i got a bunch of minis in there that that uh, again are part of the D crew so 
Um, yeah, that like you talk about your box. Those are my boxes that I have on the on the shelf. A repurposed box, um, you know. So you got to say, what is this going to do? What are you putting in there? Can I? Yeah. Do I need to put cushioning in there? Do I not? So we're going right. to talk about a lot of these different options, and a lot of my options are just cheapo. Get it going. The next thing I started using for X Wing was that I'm still kind of a cheapskate when it comes to boxes. I really have not been able to spend top dollar on boxes. I can't bring myself to do it. So I'm, it's just like, I look at how much the game is and I think about what should surround the game. Now I'm not painting yeah. my own minis. If it was all my hours of work and minis, that would be different. But I would go to Walmart and get these uh, like yellow and uh, handled black uh, Stanley tool boxes that are met, that have a, a clear lid and you're met, you're supposed to sort your screws yeah. or whatever in them and they interlock into each other and they were only like 10 bucks at Walmart and I think they're still there and I think you know they have two yellow clasps that keep the transparent top on there but those clasps can also attach another uh, Stanley box that right. you put right on top of it so you can stack them up and they can hold on to each other and keep each yep. other nice and snug um, the, that works for, I have four of them. I use them for basically pre-painted minis. I only have one that I use for X-Wing now. The problem with those are, is that if you buy the nicer ones, you have larger boxes that fit larger ships or larger minis. These are kind of limited in the size of the mini that yeah. you're going to use. When I used to pick foam everything, mine were full of pick foam. So when I put my X-Wing fighter in there and I would lay it to rest like little baby Jesus in the nativity. It was in yeah. pick foam. I don't do that anymore because I don't travel with games as much as I used to. Um, but that was a $10 way. And then you know, every time I wanted it to increase, anytime I wanted to, you know, jack up my cubic inches, I would just drop another 10 bucks at Walmart. And that was so painless yeah. and so easy. And, and, uh, it was just kind of getting, it was kind of getting mini boxes on easy mode. So, and that's, that's yeah. why I did that. So and you bring up a great point here, right? Uh, pre-painted minis are much more durable than hand-painted ones. Yes. Um, sometimes they may not look as good. Sometimes they may look better <laughs> than <laughs> hand-painted ones. Um, <laughs> depends on who's buying the brush. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, they're they're very – a lot of time it's because it's colored plastic. It's not even painted over, right? Like, yeah. um, And so they're, they're very durable. They've got a nice hard outer shell. So throwing them into a tackle box or something like that, easy day, right? Yeah. Like that's that's great. And I think that you bring up the, the best con to uh, the tackle box, though, is the space issue. Like if yeah. you've got a larger model, like where do you put it, you yeah. know? um and does it does it actually fit but if they're all pretty much standard size and you can find the right tackle box that has that dimension yep that's a such a great storage system especially if you've got other tokens and cards that you need to put in there that that can fit in the tackle box as well you've got an all-in-one gaming system right there right and so if your game is not ever expanding if your game is ever expanding um hopefully you've bought into a system that's interoperable with itself yeah. Um, yeah. But if it's like like a game that has an end, not a dead game, but a game that doesn't that you're not going to buy expansions for, it really makes finding the right box a much easier yeah. task. If the cardboard it came in is insufficient, and guess what? More and more of the boxes that come out are the the, the cardboard is insufficient. So yeah, um, we can talk more about that later. But that's kind so of the I have. 
I have. Uh, I, I'm going to talk. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about. I, I mean, it's a little bit of storage, but it's also mostly transport. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do store a lot of minis in this, but mm-hmm. I I use it mostly to transport my my minis from the the the, the house to the to the store, right, mm-hmm. and back. Right. Um, I ended up getting at oh, man, I think it was Office Depot. Mm-hmm. I ended up finding these plastic containers that were. I don't know, probably 15 inches long, 10 inches wide, maybe, maybe, not, maybe even eight inches wide and like eight inches deep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. it's a, it's basically a box, right? Yeah. But it has a plastic lid that sits on top of it. And then the handles snap over the top, okay. right? To keep it secure. <laughs> so that's great. But the problem is, is minis will be bouncing around all over the place. Cause it's just an open box. There's no foam in it. There's no like little holes or anything like that. So what I ended up doing is taking a piece of galvanized sheet metal. Oh, baby. Cutting it. That's legit. And, yeah, cutting it and putting it in the bottom, gluing it down to the bottom mm. of, of this bin. And then with all of my minis, I got some of those small rare earth magnets and super yeah, glued those yeah, to the bottom yeah. of the bases. And now I can just plop them on that sheet metal and I can literally turn the thing upside down sideways. As long as I don't drop it yeah. where there's like that shock force that will right. pull them off of the thing. Like they are secured in place. Like they will yeah. not move. Rare and earth so magnets that... can do a lot. Of bu- they can get a lot of work done for you. Yeah, and they're so small and they're really cheap too. They're really not that expensive, and so um, you yeah, know, Harbor whole... Freight you can get a set of ten ones the size of a of an aspirin pill for just four or five bucks. Yeah, it's super cheap, and so um, I think I got like two hundred and fifty for like ten dollars. Oh, yeah, there you go. And they were, I mean, but they're even smaller than the aspirin pill. Okay, they're like half the size of an Advil. Okay. You know yeah, what I mean? I like they're teeny about. because because I needed to put them on the bottom of the 25 millimeter bases. Right. You know what I mean? You and don't so um over, overbear be overbearing yep. on it. Yep. And so that's how I I again I store some of them like that because I do leave like armies that I play I'll kind of leave them in the box a little bit so I can grab and go if I need to mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that's mostly transport like and and that's a good solution that I found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's great. No. Um. What I love about this topic is that your own creativity, what materials you're used to working with, you know, what are you yeah. comfortable with, you know, what are your needs are all, everybody's different. And so you look at everybody's different storage solutions and they're all unique. It's kind of part of the hobby. Um, yep. and, and even if you're not going a lot of places with your stuff, you, you know, if you're a lot of expansion packs that I just, you know, I just got a whole, I didn't even mention in my geek week. I just bought six more X-wing ship. No, about eight more X-wing ships. Oh my gosh. I, I got a box of trash here. I'm looking at none of the boxes. Anything came in is worthy to keep, to keep anything in going forward. So, um, you know, y- you've got to say, okay, I'm opening this box, this package. Cause it's yeah. not a box. Now I got to find it. Where is this going to live after I open? Oh yeah. Yep. Um, one of the next ones I've done now, now we talked about X-Wing most, a lot of the X-Wing ships, not all of them. I'd say about two thirds of them are, are pretty compact. And I found, I was looking around, uh, Michael's cause I, I like to go to weird stores to get ideas. Michael's dollar stores, Hobby Lobbies, whatever. And I found this box that had, um, 16 four by six photo boxes in it. So it was a box of boxes 
uh-huh. it was relatively well priced. I think it was maybe 10 or 12, maybe 15 bucks. I can't remember. It's been a while now. So I bought three of them. I think they were 15 bucks. I got three of them. So each of them has a, a box that's four inches by six inches by about one inch deep. And so what I had the okay. need to do for X-Wing is to say, I have a plastic model. I have cards that only work with that plastic model. I have some tokens that only work with that plastic model or largely work with that plastic model. I've got um, cardboard bases that go on the plastic. I want to keep everything together for that ship in one place. And then I take the label maker. I throw all the cards and all the chits and whatever into each one of these boxes. And I would write X-Wing, Y-Wing, TIE Fighter. They didn't work very well for TIE Fighters or anything that has any kind of real dimension to it. So I have a Stanley box for everything that doesn't fit. Obviously, like a Lambda shuttle with three wings, you can't cram into a four by six by one inch deep box. But it works for a a lot of stuff. And um, the nice thing about that is, is they're very compact and it's highly organized. And I can open it up and just in a few minutes reach out, get what I need, and put those things on the table and get going without saying, oh, well, now I need this, which is in this container, and this, which is in this container. So right, what right. I needed to do was I, need lo- I needed lots and lots of small boxes where I could, I could um, combine related activities, r- related things um, in, yep. in a highly organized way. And I've, I've gotten a lot of use out of those, and I've had those for a couple of years now, and they've been great. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think that that's fantastic. Yeah, if the minis really don't fit, it's a huge bummer. So that's just one yep. use case that may work or may not work for you. Yep. So um, I've got uh, two full Age of Sigmar armies, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I've got multiple war bands uh, for Warcry. I've got terrain, all this stuff, right? That mm-hmm. I that I yeah. that I have. Um, I realized that I was running out of space to keep these things in. Cause like, you know, my, uh, my transport cases were still full of armies and mm-hmm. I had more, um, I was running out of shelf space and all this stuff. So I went to Ikea and I bought the Detolf glass shelf display case and it's $60 mm-hmm. and, um, it's, uh, I think 16 inches by 16 inches, right? Uh, maybe 18 by 18. Uh, yeah, 37 um, centimeters by 43. Oh, yeah, 16, 17 inches by about 14 and a half inches. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, probably about uh, five feet tall. 64 maybe. and a half inches tall. Woo, getting close. Yeah. Five feet, four inches. All right. Yeah. So, um, uh, so the nice thing about this is that it comes, you know, like it's really easy to put together. Um, it comes with uh, four shelves in it, a lot of space. And it's glass, problem, which is glass, nice. so you can display your stuff, right? Yes, because you painted and, it. Um, yeah, and I fit a lot of minis on this. I really did. Yeah. Um, uh, the problem with it is that four shelves is not enough no for way. miniatures. No way, not even close. So um, I got to the point where I had four shelves, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, gosh, I need a lot more. Uh, shelves because I just need to put a lot more minis out here. I kept getting war bands for Warcry, yeah. you know. And, each, and so I'm like, okay. Each one of those, if you didn't add extra shelves, each one is 15 inches tall, and you don't have that yeah. many minis that are that are 14 and a half inches. Tall. I don't have any minis that are 14 right. inches tall. Right. You know, I mean, there's a couple that are out there, but like, no. I don't have any. No. Um, and so what I did 
um, and I found this online. I went and got a couple wire locks, okay? Okay. Um, from Home Depot. Um, they they literally look like you know little little uh, padlocks with screws. Okay. Um, on, with uh, nuts on them, right? Nice. And um, and I got a certain size, and then I went to Bed Bath and Beyond, and I got a bunch of glass cutting boards for like seven dollars each. Okay, and the reason why I got glass cutting boards is because um, the dimensions for the shelves are like 15 inches by 10 inches. Okay. Like it's a weird shape. And to get that shape from uh, a plexiglass, they were like $40 each each yeah. even plexiglass. plexiglass and I'm like, is, I, raw plexiglass is super overpriced, especially post COVID where everybody has it in front of their bank teller window or, or, yeah. or now Seven Eleven is right. like a bank teller windows kind of what I'm yeah, right. to say. And so, and so I'm sitting here going like, okay, this is a little ridiculous, you know, and I couldn't find the right glass size, but then someone's like, no, 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 go to bed, bath and beyond and pick up like their cheapest glass cutting board. And sure enough, it was like seven dollars yes. for this, and it's like fifteen dollars. It's like fifteen by eight. It's like the perfect size. So I ended up getting these wire locks, um, and they've got these four metal rods that basically hold the whole thing together, right? Mm. And I um, put the wire locks around that, screwed it in, um, you know, tightened down nice and nice and good, and then the glass thing just sits right on them. So now I have. Uh, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shelves nice. in there, nice. you know, and I could probably like, if I wanted to squeeze a couple more in, but eight's about the right number, but I'm getting to the point where I need another system. <laughs> I, need another detail. I know that's how bad it is. The detail is so. great. My number of minis is expanding though. Yeah. Yeah. So I've talked. I've talked to my wife. I'm like, I kind of need another one. And she's the nice thing is that when she sees minis all over like my shelves, she's like, Yeah, you need another one because she just doesn't like the disorganization in my hobby area, you know. And well, so, you know, it's not the worst hobby. You know, you, yeah. You could you could be out, you know, carousing. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, it's true. So I I want to give a little a quick callback to the Squid Game, right? We talked about how people are there because they're like. <laughs> financially they're like in financial ruin right and Uh it there was this great line in there for one of the guy looks at the other guys goes why are you in here i thought you're financially stable and then the the meme is underneath it shows a guy walking into a warhammer store (laughs) (laughs) yeah so great so great that's a real problem real problem yeah so yeah anyway the detolf mini system i really like it a lot um and it, it, it works fantastic for storing tall minis, short minis, like lots of minis. Like it's very versatile and it, and it displays, it's a display. It's a display. So you're not hiding them in boxes. You know, I, I'm, I'm really, I have the, the square footage in this room I'm in right now to, to play around with that stuff. Cause right now I'm using a bookshelf and I have a, one of my shelves in the bookshelf dedicated to my Armada models that are yep. crammed in there and all basically touching each other because there's just no room. And it's not very display oriented. It's like looking into a little yeah. diorama. It's kind of lame. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's get back to the idea of cheaping out. You're cheaping out. You don't want to do so. Now that, that detolf glass shelf from Ikea is pretty swank for $60. Let's be, Oh let's yeah. Be, definitely. I mean, Considering it, all the other ways to store your minis, that is that's stretching your buck by a lot. 
Yeah, so fifty dollars for that. But then if you add the shelves, right, they were eight dollars for four things. So it was about another forty dollars between the locks and the shelves yeah. uh, and stuff like that. So it turned it into it's a ninety dollar shelving system, which is worth it. I mean, I still think it's worth and it. And it's transparent. That's yeah. And and it's a display. Yeah. And um, so um, here's another. A lot of times I had a need. To, like going to you know tournaments and i'm not a big tournament guy mm-hmm. but i still needed stuff that worked so i've turned to my old friend who loves my dollar more than i do harbor freight and okay. <laughs> harbor freight toolboxes if you just go on their website and look up toolbox and price from low to high you yeah. can stretch 10 11 dollars a long long way oh yeah as far as just cubic stuff and you're going to need something with yeah. a handle you know and i've i got one of the voyager 1099 toolboxes i've covered it with star wars skater stickers that i got from amazon real cheap but yeah. you know there is something for the cubic inches to match your mini or your game and if you don't want to spend a lot of money, like you can get a Voyager tool, four toolboxes for $34.99 that has four whole toolboxes of yeah. four different sizes, uh, you know, Gigundus down to teeny meeny. And that, you know, it's seven ish dollars a box. That is crazy cheap. You know, it is I, cheap. I used to kind of wander around the Home Depot and the Lowe's and stuff like that and look at different, different ways to move things around. But at the end of, at the, end of the day for gaming, oh man. Uh, it, it's just it, it's let's see, let's say this Harbor Freight is good enough for gaming because they're sturdy enough for games. Uh, they're sturdy enough for games. They may not be sturdy enough to be working on you know a construction site if you're that kind yeah. of a guy. But for gaming, it they're a okay. You'll be able to get something with a handle that closes that you can rely on to move from point A to point B. And I, that's exactly I what I was going to say. You won't that. be disappointed, but with between what you between the dollars you spend and the utility you get, you're not going to be that disappointed. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. With that, it's like, like what level of sturdy do you think you need when you're transporting minis? You want to be delicate with them anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you, you, you're not planning to like just chuck them around inside the back of a truck, right? Or like you know have them like bouncing around in the in the bed of a truck as you're like racing from stoplight to stoplight or over some rocky construction terrain or something yeah. like that. Like you're literally putting them in your car, driving to a hotel convention center somewhere, <laughs> and pulling them out, right? Like yeah. you don't need these things to be like uh, the Fort Knox of you know. <laughs> you're uh, you're of, not mailing them to boxes. Iceland, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like you're just you're just doing it and so like if it's organized if it's secure like it'll do the job and foam foam is cheap you can go get you can go get craft foam at any of the craft stores and if you get a big if you get the 11 dollar 19 inch that 19 inch box is so deep i mean we're talking you know eight nine ten inches deep it's so useful for 11 dollars go get some foam throw it in there yeah you're gonna be fine, you know. You're. Not, it's not so, like you're higher. You're you're moving like rebar in there, and you'll bust the. Hinge. Right, right. You're not gonna bust the hinges on this toolbox, is what I'm saying. So let me let me um give a word of caution about foam for a second. Yes. Um, well, let, let, so our listeners need this information. Yeah. So there's some there's some pros and cons about foam, right? Yes. Foam will absolutely keep your mini safe, right? Yes. They'll keep them from clanging around with each other. Um, the problem, there's a couple problems with foam though. Mm-hmm. All right. One, um, well, pull the paint you, off your mini. 
Yes, that's the first thing, is yeah. it will pull the paint off of your mini. Yeah. So you better have a nice, thick coat of enamel yeah. over that, or, or varnish over that thing. Otherwise, it'll it'll rub it off. And even if you have a thick coat of stuff, it'll rub it off. So you have to be very careful with how you put it in and pull it out. When you're doing um, dishes at night, to... you're using a foam. You're using your sponge's foam, and you use that to clean dishes. <laughs> right, so it's exactly. an abra- it's abrasive. Yep. It is. And this battle foam, it, sometimes it feels like sandpaper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, like it's it's fine it's fine foam, kind yeah. of fine grit foam. And so, I mean, it's kind of like a fine sandpaper. So you got to be careful with that. Um, the second thing is is that pluck foam is great, you know, like mm-hmm. to, to cut stuff out. And because what you can do is you can make a bespoke um, a carrier for your miniatures, right? Pluck you know foam. you have a certain yeah. amount of sh- – you know, you, gotta, you know you got a certain amount of ships – you know you got a certain size of ships. Yep. You can make that for you. Boom, you got a box ready to go. The problem with that, <coughs> excuse me. The problem with that is that um, that's good for those ships. Like, <laughs> if you know what I mean? Like, if you, you're, you're okay. Let yeah. me just say that. Yeah, but if you even if you want to like put different ships into that foam, you're not going to be able to. And I, I encountered that. I have a monoprice foam filled container box that had. Three tiers of foam. I thought I was doing great because it was cheap and monoprice. Yeah. price. And I don't can move my ships around. I don't prioritize them in the way that that pluck foam kind of dictated. Now, yeah. if you're kind of trying to pinch pennies on pluck foam, there's a couple different ways to do it. One way is just to go on Amazon and you can get a pluck foam metal case for a pretty decent price. They tend to be 30 or 40 bucks. But um, that that's still sometimes a little on the overkill side. You can yep. buy pluck foam from um, Game Plus products, and they don't sell directly. You got to go to like a, a third party. Amazon has them, Miniature Market, a few other places, and you can get gamer pluck foam with a hard bottom. The one th- thing that I noticed yeah. by using monoprice pluck foam is nothing had a bottom on it. Yep, and yep. and the models wanted to gravity and the models wanted to get to know each other really well. The game plus products have a very rigid bottom um, that the pluck foam sits on. So you can stack them up and not worry. And they have all the inches. They go all the way up from your thinnest, all the way up to six inches, um, yeah. which is very nice. And they're affordable. You're only talking their most expensive pluck foam at six inches tall is only $13. And it's yep. and it's a nice wide tray, and you you yep. fit a lot. If you if you need six inches of depth, you know you're going to get a lot of use out of that thirteen twelve ninety nine MSRP. Plus, and you'll find you'll find a lot of uh, foam trays, right, that are basically just rectangles, and you can pretty much fit ninety yeah. percent of your you know standard twenty five millimeter tall miniatures in those things, you yeah. know, and not have any problem. I will say this though, I've got a Night Hunt army, which is a bunch of ghosts from Games Workshop, mm-hmm. and they are super spindly. So they got lots of pokey bits yeah. everywhere, yeah. and they've got different poses. They do not work well in that foam oh, because yeah. Yeah. you put them in those little rectangles, and like their pokey bits are sticking in there, they'll snap. Yeah, uh, they'll snap in in those things. We have that problem so, in X Wing with guns. Guns on X-Wing ships bust off all the time because they try to be screen accurate. And sometimes what looks good on 
on the movie screen doesn't work when it's casted in in plastic uh, to scale. <laughs> right. Um, and it's like literally like half a millimeter thick, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, okay. So there's downsides to foam. You can say, okay, well, like this could literally fall out of my car and I would be okay. But you get it out and there may be pokey bits that, 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 that yeah. absorbed all the energy um, going in. So th- the way your, your metal um, with yes. the rare earth magnets where you're you basically using air as the cushion um, yep. is one way around that. that that's, that's and that's really exactly good. why I did what I did because um, my Nighthawk army was too spindly and too pokey yeah. to be put into foam. Now my orc army, on the other hand, um, they are sturdy, hardy models. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause they're, they're chunky, they're chunky boys. And so putting them in the foam is no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, although they are a little beefy. And so I worry about the paint rubbing off on them a little mm-hmm. bit, you know? So, and I'm just spitballing here. Could you take like a pluck foam solution and it wouldn't work for, maybe it wouldn't work that well for the spiky bits, but could you line it with plastic, uh, to preserve the paint? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I think that that would help. Like, if you just put, like, some saran wrap in the holes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, or maybe something that's you know? a little easier to work with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, like, if you could if you could minimize the abrasive nature of the foam, then that would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe a, a tin foil might work, too. Yeah. Not Maybe not for spikies. See, then, see it's all yeah. about the craft of how do I deal with this... this Yep. three-dimensional tangible problem which is why gaming is fun because it's unless you're doing it you know on roll 20 it's three-dimension tangible tangible yeah um yeah so um you talked about games plus products we talked we touched on battle foam a little bit yeah right? battle foam they have a you know what i've gosh i don't know how many gen cons i spent hours just looking through all the battle foam stuff I've never spent any money on Battle Foam. Not a single red cent. And they have they, they, amazing It can be a little products. pricey, though. They have amazing <laughs> But they're products. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so what's, what's cool about them is, like, you can look up, uh, star, for example, you could look up a Star Wars X-Wing yes. uh, Imperial Army, and they will have the Battle Foam pack yep. for every ship in there. And you're yep. like, okay, I need to buy that. And it's right? ready to go. It's customized for your needs. Yeah. Well, not customized. Well, they have generic product. I do. Th- they used to have a customized a custom engine. You, they would, you could move your 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 cutout you hole around. Yep. I don't know if they still do. You they could do a that. custom tray creator. You can yeah, do you custom can do trays, custom... but their generic trays yep. are amazing. I feel well, not worried about pokey bits, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've got like, for example, I'm looking at the Warhammer Quest Curse City phone tray kit for Game Box, and I'm actually wow, I might actually get this. I, um, yeah. Because like now I've got a a great foam tray for all of the cards mm-hmm. and all of the uh, minis that I can put inside the box. I think I'm gonna get this. Well, I wouldn't say no because now it I fits inside the but now it fits inside the box, you know, and it's got all the stuff for the minis and everything. So again, I'm looking at my Marvel Crisis Protocol Wave Five characters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm looking at the Walking Dead Killer Within expansion. You know, Kingdom Death large character foam tray, yeah. uh, Black Templars character foam tray. You know, for um, Warhammer. So like, you can look it up by game. Yes, you can by shop game. by game. Mm-hmm. 
and it'll give you stuff, right? And like, that gives so you the foam you... tray, and then you buy like a bag or a hard case, yep. whatever your budget and your requirements allow. You yep. can match up with the tray. You can get the right carry thing to, to go with your foam tray. And it shows up. You spend the money. It shows up at your house. It's good to go. Customization over. Now, what did you trade for that? You traded dollars. It's real simple. Yeah. Like, you know, yep. they, there's, they have products that run up to 350 some odd dollars. I'm looking at one now. Yeah. But, um, you know, that includes a very large bag with lots and lots of foam. And, and you're going to be able to, to do all kinds of things with that if, you, if you've bought into that particular game. Yep. And, and a lot of these bags, um, some of them are carry cases that you have older, over-the-shoulder straps. But some of them are like rollers. Like you yeah. can pull out, you know, a handle like a small suitcase mm-hmm. and roll it. Mm-hmm. So um, it just depends on what you know what. I mean, there are some that are like $30, $40, and there are some that are like $300. Yeah. So it, it just it depends on what you want. And that's kind of the weird thing about battle foam, which means, I mean, I don't know how these guys stay in business. <laughs> Don't. Yeah, because right. they're advertising to guys like me who, on paper, I have all of the financial wherewithal to get anything I want, and it doesn't affect my quality of life. But I look at this stuff and I go, "There's no way I'm spending that kind of money." <laughs> yeah, and that's because yeah. I'm cheap, or my use case, the dollars required doesn't match my use case. I think. Yeah. Um, but you can really get here's the downside to battle foam that's not dollars is you get all that stuff and everything's put away you don't it's not, it's the exact opposite of your glass case you only right. see it when you get it out and you unzip it and you look at it unless you have both or you have the case where you know that you only use the battle foam to yep. get stuff out of the glass case and 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 whatnot but in, in all reality think about it i mean you're not gonna uh, spending all this money on the hobby to put it in a beautiful black zipper case in the corner. It, it yeah. is kind of miss. It, 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 you're robbed of something. I put a lot of models out in my office now because I have room for it, and it reminds me of gaming. It just they just make me happy. Um, right, right. And if this is well, and it, I love. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I love having my models on this display case because people come down and are like, oh, wow, these are cool. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and like, not all of them are painted, and it tells me, like, okay, I need to paint some of these. But, you know, they can be like, oh, I like that one. Oh, what's this one? You know, and, and stuff like that. And if they were in my little travel box all the time, like, people would be like, oh, okay, cool. You do this for a hobby? Like, they don't get to see the the effort, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and um, there's a lot of your art I mean, yeah. you're putting your art on display. You're putting your energy, your creativity on display. And um, battle fo- you know, permanently storing things in a big military-esque battle foam box, sometimes it robs, ro- robs the yeah. joy of that, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. But but darn if they aren't, uh, you know, organized. They're very organized, you know? and they look and they look really nice when you roll up in a convention in oh, a you know a it's nice, very sw- you know. swag intimidating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to pull out a three hundred dollar case that is carrying around your seven hundred dollar minis, you're basically just yep. using your money to flaunt, flaunt your yeah. mojo in front of your in front of your opponent. <laughs> Uh, but th- th- it's a, it's they're great, and um, if if the finance doesn't bother you and the the 
you know, putting them, if you don't want this stuff out on display there, that's a fire and forget right there. Like yeah. I, yeah. I could figure out my entire collection of X-Wing or Armada and in, in a very short period of time, order some stuff, it would all show up. I'd put it in. It's perfectly, and they've, they've you know, pre-measured all my models. You know, right. I could, you know, I could do the, the, the builder instead of pluck foam. I could be moving around the triangle that I needed for, you know, an Imperial Raider and stuff like that. So it's fun. Yep. That, that part can be fun too. Definitely. Um, what did we not Definitely. talk about? Plano boxes can be very good because those fish and tackle boxes, sometimes they have different kinds of space trays in there. I know there's so many Plano is kind of the, 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 the Xerox Kleenex company when it comes to these tackle boxes. Yeah. And, you know, they're carried at Walmart and they're carried all over the place. And there's different volumes that you can buy. I have a Plano box that I used yep. to use for X-Wing. I don't use it anymore because I've outgrown it by like a lot. But you get a lot of customization and you get a lot of very small bespoke um, uh, uh, uh cavities in the tray itself depending on what tray you have and that can be super handy when you're like i only need to put three tokens in this little thing you know it helps you kind of organize maybe your battle box to get from point a to point b instead of having a plastic bag full of 50 tokens you have everything kind of balanced out exactly where you need it um, there are a lot of places on etsy that will laser print you or um, cnc print you stuff out of wood you know, if you really want to help small business and you have money to spend, and I'm not, I'm not going to say battle, battle foam is a small business too. So there's kind of no way to yeah. go wrong on that. But um, you spend some time on Etsy and look at what they'll make for you at 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 a uh, at a price that is equitable for both of your both of your agreements. There's the, that Etsy is a very deep well when you're trying to um, figure out storage solutions too, and you're willing to spend a little money. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So look, the the nice thing about this is that you can go as cheap as you want and you can go as expensive as you want. There there's so much range in between. What I recommend is that um you have to decide first are, do you want to display these or do you want to like store these? Yeah. Because that's two that's two very different things. Yes. Now when you're displaying it, you can store it, right? But if you just want to store it, all you need are some boxes, right? Yeah. Some tackle boxes, you know, small boxes. It, it depends on how you want to store it. Um, are you putting hand-painted minis into something, or are you are these just like, you know, pre-colored plastic that, that is okay if you just throw them together in a drawer or something, you know? Um, so you just got to kind of tailor what you need for you um, and go out and, and kind of figure out what you can do. The great thing is you can be as creative as you want or as not creative at, at all. I mean, like I said, yeah. I've got um, spool boxes that I throw stuff in there. That is not creative. Those are a step up <laughs> you know? from Amazon boxes. I mean, exactly. I've had stuff in Amazon boxes, and guess what? You buy three or four of the same thing, and you have all these matching boxes that you haven't put sent, put in the recycle yeah. bin. I mean, there's also free or, or free-ish, you know, if you're an Amazon Prime member and, and you know – people are mailing you stuff. So, you know, th th there's really cheap ways to, to do storage if you want to spend almost nothing, but it goes all the way up. It goes all the way up to hundreds of dollars. And that's kind of the fun part is figuring out what, what you want. What's a good fit for you. 
What do you think? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So go well, Dan, I think we've... Go store your stuff, Justin. Well. Go store it. You've got too much stuff. I need stuff. another detail system. Um, <laughs> how about when you do that, invite me over. I'll help you put it together and decide if I want to get one for myself. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, I'd be, we'll I'd do. Be I need to, to figure that. out a place to put it. The second put one. Put it next to the first one. Well, the problem is, is I don't. I the the first one is next to a bookshelf, and it's taken up all the space on that one wall. Oh, so I but need they're so to skinny. Move. They are, but um, the space that I have it is enough size for a bookshelf and that one detail system. So I need to find another place that doesn't encroach on my wife's side of the hobby room. I have a solution. Yes. This is this is a done deal. This is a one-time fix. Move it up to the bedroom. No. <laughs> I don't know. Does this? I don't know if you need that to to get certain people right. in the mood. No, I was gonna say move it up to the living room, so when your guests come in the house, they're confronted by all your armies. Oh yes, my wife would love that. <laughs> yeah. See now, I might be able to use that as a threat, right? Like, hey, you know, if I'm if I don't get the space down here, I'll just move it up there, right? And I think we'll find a spot real quick down here. So you made the mistake of sharing the space with your spouse. Yes, I did. <laughs> Although my, I will say this: my space has been encroaching more on the room than hers has. So well, that's a um, signal to her yeah. that she needs to ski daddle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> what part of this? Uh, what part of man cave did you not understand? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. All right. So. Cool deal. All right, my friend. Well, thank you for joining me tonight. I think we we did a good uh, deep dive on storing minis tonight. We did a long episode too. Holy crap on a cracker! Oh, we always do that when he's when Justin or Jay's not here. I mean, it's it's true. Yeah. It's true. He he kind of keeps us. He he tells us, "Hey guys, stop talking." Shut up. Time check. Time check. <laughs> All right. Well, have fun editing this, Jason. <laughs> we better we better put a, a spear in this pig and go to bed. Yeah. All right. Thank you for everybody for listening, and uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Bye. Have have a good night. <laughs>